Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. Uh, it's Saturday. We're at Mike's house. Watford are going to be playing on the big television late on a Saturday, uh, which made it quite inconvenient for us all to get down there. So we decided, hey, let's stick around uh, and have some um, cheeky drinks as we, uh, as we were here. My name is John. With me uh, is Jason. Good evening. And Mike. Come on, you ones, yellows, yellows. <laughs> As I said, we're recording this at Mike's house, uh, but you may guess from the positivity Mike has at the moment, it's before the game. Uh, yes, things are slightly different, but I've actually had a bit of a weird week, and I want to start this. Before the game starts, I want to have this chat, so it doesn't either, the game doesn't make us feel far too buoyant and think we're in a place we're actually not, or make us feel that we're, we're, we're doomed. It was about being in a crisis. It's a word in the media I've heard, you know, the last couple of weeks, are we in crisis? And I think I've had quite a relaxed week. I know that sounds a weird thing for a club and a football fan who's, uh, whose team are down at the bottom of the Premier League. Things aren't going very, very well. And I think it started with Ollie on last week's podcast where we were talking about the history and actually if you think about the history of a club and where you've been and where we are and it, you know you sort of take yourself away from the the day-to-day the week-to-week and I think that sort of helped me a bit it's, it's, it's helped me cope let's say Michael but I want to know for, for your opinion do you think Watford are in crisis I think we need to define crisis first I think there's for me there's two types of crisis there's long-term um, future threatening crisis which we've we've been in before we're not there although interesting uh, stuff coming out of uh, David Ornstein's new athletic podcast this week a little throwaway line tucked in there about perhaps the Pozzo's Gino Pozzo being interested in selling so watch this space that could plunge us into uh, in, back into crisis so I don't think as it stands we're not in long-term crisis we're not worried about the future of the club we're not we're not going through what Berry went through we're not going through what Macclesfield are going through so that for me is long-term crisis there's other the short-term crisis though as well seasonal crisis crises if you like and I think you know there's absolutely no denying that we are in the midst of in terms of this season it's a crisis I was thinking about it on Friday you were just saying about you having a relaxing week I think we've all taught ourselves to have a relaxing (laughs) week up until sort of Thursday night when it's like oh football's coming up isn't it and you can't avoid it any longer so I started thinking in it and thinking about the start of last season We've got more points in our first three games than we've got in this entire season so far, the last season. So, okay, it was a great season last start of the season. But yeah, I mean, eight points getting cut, increasingly adrift um, in that bottom three, coming off the back of a really, really disappointing game against Burnley. Injuries just seem to keep happening. I mean, my heart, I have to say, I was disappointed, upset, but cross really when it came through the, the the squad news came through Dawson out Cabaselli out so when is when's it going to end and you actually start getting quite you come from a negative place and I think that you think well what are they doing in training well, how are they getting injured and of course no one does it on purpose they've got state-of-the-art um, uh, treatment facilities there so it's not happening on purpose but you do get cross you do get anguished you do get upset you do get angsty because in terms of this season we are in crisis. Um, I think it probably tips over past crisis if we if we lose today. I mean, it's still too soon to say we're relegated. But if you lose to the team furthest closest to you, it's I don't know where I don't know where there is to go. So in terms of this season, absolutely we're in crisis. And then we'll have to revisit it next next August. Where are we? Um, what division are we in? What's the squad looking like? What's the ownership looking like? Um, and then we'll assess whether there's a, a further wider crisis. But yeah, I think what you say about Ollie, Ollie's point was really timely last week. It's not just about this after this evening's game. It's not just about the Burnley game. There is a wider issue to look at. But we also have to focus on the now. 
That's our job as supporters. And for now, this season, 2019-2020, Watford are in crisis. Make no mistake. Well, you say just for the season, and, and this is what I've been thinking about. I had exactly the same partitioning of crises. Crisis. Um, we'll look at that. Is it long term? Is it short term? And in many ways, in terms of results, in terms of the season, it it, it calls it short term because this is the first time we've been uh, during this stint in the Premier League in the top division uh, that we've been in the bottom three for any length of time. Actually, I can't even remember if we ever were in the in the bottom three at any point in the last uh, four seasons. But Jason, in theory, that's you know the time aspect of it. Are we in crisis? I think we, in many ways, you could look at us that we are because we haven't in a very few years really really pushed on we've been very static and in fact we've now we're going backwards we, you know we haven't had we've talked about the the types of players we wanted the the potsos to uh, invest in and they haven't and the end of last year and the beginning of this year it's it's been quite a while you say about sort of being in a good place this week and sort of staying calm and i think the thing that's keeping me calm is football is sport there will always be winners. There will always be always be losers. There will be three teams that get relegated from the Premier League every season. Sometimes, you know, it's it's going to be your side that gets affected. I'm sort of trying to take that point of view. It might not be our year. What would be a crisis for me would be if the club aren't looking at the situation now and not planning for next season being a championship season. That's where it would all go wrong for me. That's very um, magnanimous is the wrong word, very sort of pragmatic way of looking at it. Did Geordie draw our attention in, a, in the WhatsApp group to an article this week about Watford's expected goals from the chances they've created? And we're way up the league in, in expected goals, and we're not we're, we're not trans, we're not we're not um, we're not scoring them. And this has been my sort of rallying cry all all season and for a lot last season. That final yeah. third is the, is really is the thing thing that's costing us. And Geordie was quite. I'm sure he won't mind me repeating what he sort of summarised what he said he said that's the most disappointing thing from this from from what Watford have done they've got themselves into the Premier League they've you know we've always said we're not established but we're getting our, our fingers into the into the crevices of the uh, insert that Ben Foster gif here <laughs> but we've got our you know we've got we're starting to feel at home and they, what they haven't done we haven't got that goal score we haven't got someone who can translate all that brilliant that brilliant um, uh, uh, possession, uh, those opportunities into goals. We just haven't done it. And I know it's very, very difficult to find that striker who is going to do it. Everyone wants the, the striker. Everyone wants the 20-goal-a-season, man. They're very, very difficult to find. And when you do find them, they cost an absolute fortune. So it is it is difficult. But that, I think that stat was really, really telling. And that was and Geordie was quite forceful. He was very, very disappointed that he was. He kind of felt like we're blowing our, our Premier League opportunity here. We've done the hard work. We've got there. And then even in games, we're doing the hard work. We have shut up shop to a degree. But every game, we're making chances, really. I think Bournemouth perhaps is the is is the exception. I think we struggled there. Sheffield United we created the the big chances enough to win, um, and we're just not taking them. And it's been that has been the story for I don't know maybe a year now. Um, and I think there's loads of different ways of of looking at it. And to go back to your question, is it a crisis? Yes, for the season. We could have another crisis three quarters of the way through the season if they haven't got a plan for next season. And then there could be another one next year. So it, we're definitely on the, on the precipice. I think, what I do think we need to do is, is try and take a leaf out of Jason's book and try and stay relatively calm because 
when you look around, who's we, Mike, or you? Well, <laughs> well, all of us as, as supporters, because ultimately, you know, you pay your money and, it, and you take your choice. Watford aren't at the bottom of the league by choice. You know, they're trying to do it. They've done what they thought is best. And at the moment, it really isn't coming off. There has been a bit of bad luck, you know, injuries. VAR went against us. You know, that is the rallying cry of every team that is at the foot of the table year in, year out. But you, but you see people, social media obviously is not a great a barometer or, or, or a, a reasonable place for debate. But it's Kike's fault, it's Scott's fault, it's Giraldi's fault, it's Gino Pozzo's fault. Yeah, basically what you're saying, I'm worried about whether we've got a plan B or not. You're basically saying that we haven't actually got a plan A in the first place. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is a lot of people pointing a lot of fingers in a lot of different directions. And actually, I think we're probably what we're better served is, is trying to take a step back. Um, there isn't a golden a golden bullet that's going to going to solve this issue. There's loads going on. There's loads of balls in the air, and they're all at the moment hitting the floor. So I think as supporters, I just feel that sometimes we do need to take a step back, be a bit more like Jason, accept that things just don't go your way sometimes, support in the ways we can, be critical friends in 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 others, um, instead of sort of flailing around, blaming blaming every every man and his dog, because that's not going to help, and that's not going to send us into next season or the rest of this season. In fact, we're talking like this season's done. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a big game tonight. If we get a result here it could I, I, I do maintain if we get a good result and then back it up with another one the season's up and running it can happen we can get out of this Matt Furness up to Joe has shown very very clearly that other clubs have done it but we're running out of wiggle room very very quickly it's going to be a fascinating evening tonight the team is really really interesting chance for Sarah up, up top we've talked about t- taking chances other teams have done well on the break against Southampton if Sar hits the ground running TV cameras, chance to prove himself, then then who knows what might happen. Fingers crossed. It's a massive, massive game. Uh, come on, you Hornets. Jason, you, your point about preparing for next year, you don't mean thinking mentally for next year. You mean, actually, do we know where we're going to go and what that squad, that squad might look like and what work we might have to do early on, maybe identifying two or three players that we know we're never going to be able to afford as a championship side and maybe getting them out. But you, you say, like, preparing for next year. In my head, what preparing is partly defining and actually what type of team are we i think i want to go almost go beyond the are we attacking are we possessive uh, and that's what we've been under you know uh, sorry defensive are we possessive under the last uh, two managers is it more like actually what is watford i i don't know firstly i th- i think i said planning rather than preparing i'm i'm not sort of saying giving up hope just yeah. yet like like mike says but just that they need to be mindful. They need to. There are two possible scenarios that are going to happen at the end of the year: either we're getting relegated or we're staying up, and everything needs to be covered. So not just about the squad, how we're going to play, who the next head coach will be, because I'm sure they'll get in a new head coach if, uh, well, they could end up getting a new head coach in, in either way, whatever ends up happening. By the end of the podcast, but, well, who could have <laughs> yeah. a new one? Um, but and and the financial side as well, because obviously that, that's the biggest difference is the is what the income to the club's going to be so that they absolutely need to have a financial plan in place to to understand what money's going to be coming into the club what the expected crowds are going to be um it's going to be selling players how much money they're going to recoup from the players that they will probably have to get rid of when they if if we get <laughs> relegated let's not make that mistake um more to think about than I can think of off the top of my head right now and that's why that's why I'm saying it because it is such a massive difference running a team in the championship versus running a a team in the Premier League they need to think about everything Mike do you think have it clear in your head what is Watford as a club as a team at this point and where 
where we, we're aiming for? I think Watford will always be an aspirational club. They'll always be looking to get better because they're never going to be in a situation where you can't get better. They're never going to hit. They're never going to won the treble. They're never going to won the quadruple. So they're always going to want to to get better. What we've said this whenever people have asked us, what do Watford expect when they change their head coach? Well, they want to get incrementally better. That doesn't mean winning a trophy necessarily. Just creep up that Premier League thing get more established make it easier to to attract players be more financially secure be able to extend the stadium so all those things are, are aspirational reaching for the next thing and I think that's what Watford will always be and I think that's the beauty of being a Watford supporter is there's always something to reach for we've had some amazing we've had an amazing run in the Premier League if it does if it does come to an end hugely memorable things we've been talking on the WhatsApp group um, today we've you know cheered laughed cried whatever it's they've given us everything over over the last decade really as well as this as this decade draws to a close so that is the beauty of supporting a team like Watford there's always stuff to reach for and the amazing thing is Watford have, have given us a glimpse of it and given us given given us some of it you know the away day at Brighton getting promoted what, what an unforgettable day for all of us it was and so that's that's something to cling on to I think but what you know what is Watford they're a team that always want to get better from whatever position they're in that's good and I think we we understand that as an identity we don't stand still I think they're quite a forward-thinking club now they maintain their community roots I think I've noticed the sensory room getting increased um, increased traction lots of people picking up and, and noticing about that the good work that Dave Messenger does as the fan liaison officer he's nominated for award again all those little things um, make Watford what they are uh, and I think there's an awful lot to be proud of um, and an awful lot to be excited of what happens, ever happens if we stay in the division then they, they'll have learned their lesson this year and I think we'll see uh, a different approach in, uh, next year and if, the, if we do go down then one would assume that they, if they don't sell it then they'd be, be trying to get back pretty quickly so you know there's always fun to be had being a football supporter and I think we should never never let go of that it's not fun at the moment watching Watford but but ultimately we're here we're all together you're here Jason's here my brother's here around the house the kids are here we're going to sit down and watch Watford which is a beautiful thing it really is a beautiful thing so all is not lost whatever happens um, and I'm pretty comfortable in in Watford's skin really and I think uh, I think you should be too let's go and see what happens away at Southampton a podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end are we in crisis well let's just say that we are uh, at least nowhere further ahead of where we started today Watford now bottom again but still on eight points um, <laughs> Mike it uh, I, you know me, me, Mr. Positive. Normally, I think I'd probably ask a question like, "What did you like the most about that? What did you like the least about that, Mike?" What did I like least about that game? The fact that we lost a can't lose game uh, from a from a decent uh, decent position as well, one nil up for a large portion of the game, um, and have just completely surrendered it. Southampton haven't won at home all season. Sound familiar? <laughs> um, we should have had our foot on the foot on the jugular at one nil up. Um, should have done everything in our power to make sure that we saw the game out and were completely unable to do it. Um, we find ourselves that Southampton have got the momentum now. We're stuck. At, we're stuck at the bottom. Another another monumentally um, difficult to take defeat in terms of morale, confidence that we've talked about so often. You know, there's absolutely nothing to take from that game whatsoever. Sars' goal was great. But Sars' goal is completely meaningless. We've lost the game 2-1 uh, to a team completely bereft of confidence, bereft of any sort of form. Yes, they've, they've put in decent performances and have probably performed better than their results have shown, like ours. Um, 
But it's a cup final, that was. It felt like a cup final for the last parts of the game, didn't it? And Watford felt like they were doing OK. But there's a, a huge difference from that game and the Norwich game, I thought. Watford got in front against Norwich and, and bossed it. They felt in charge. They felt like they knew what they were doing. Uh, they worked hard to, to protect the lead and, and saw it through. It never really felt like that tonight. It felt Haysom, Jason very early. And of course, you expect Southampton to, to, to bring the game to Watford. They're at home. They're, they're in a desperate state as we are. Um, but just hugely disappointing. The, but at the end of the day, we can look at the tactics, we can look at left and right, we can look at substitutions. You can't lose that football match. You cannot lose it, and we've lost it. But how did we lose that, Jason? How did we lose that match? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same old story, isn't it? We trying to protect a, a 1 0 lead with a injury hit, bereft of confidence, a phrase that Mike's already used in the terms of Southampton, but that's where we are. Bereft of confidence, defence, and then that spreads throughout the team as well and it and it just looked like it was only going to go one way it, it looked like only one team were going to score in the second half and when they did it looked like that same team was going to be the only one to go on and win it and even then we talk about Southampton bad run of form not run up one at home this season you'd expect them to retreat into their own half and for the opposition to have a go. And that never happened. And that's probably, you say what was the worst thing about that game, that, for me, topped it all off. It got to 2-1. You thought Southampton would be sort of having to defend and protect that for their lives. And it just never felt that way, apart from a couple of corners at the end, right in the six minute of injury time. It just, it, it's just not good enough. It was, sorry, Mike, go on. I don't think the momentum shift was this particular moment, but the, the, the case when... Gerard Delefeu was, we had a, a break, we had a really good purple patch. It might have been, when did Delefeu come off? After about an hour, 65 yeah. minutes, something like that. And we had a decent patch where we were through on goal a couple of times. The five minutes previous, we'd made a couple of poor decisions. Again, final third decision making, that clinical final third activity was, was not good enough at all. But we were on top and we were almost getting in behind and there were a couple of tangles of limbs in the penalty area and Saar looked like... You know, it would only take the ball spinning the other way for him to get the right side of the defence. So, you know, these weren't golden opportunities, but they were sort of green shoots of us causing some, some sort of problems. And then there was a chance for Delefeu to get to get play through. He managed to get offside. He didn't get himself back into an onside position um, and was offside from what could have been a really good opportunity to break. And Watford's football is played on the break. That's the way we're going to, um, uh, we're going to do this, is on, on, on the break. And if you can't, do the basics like right from a it wasn't difficult to get back in line instantly he was substituted um, and had sort of laughingly jokingly said to Geordie or Jason well perhaps he's being punished for for not towing the line for being offside from a from a potential break but and, and I'm not digging out Delefeo I think this speaks to the entire team he sort of semi-jugged off the pitch head down shaking his head peeled off his gloves just looked annoyed that he'd been substituted what you want to see from a team a team that is buoyant a team that is trying working together to get out of this he sprints off the pitch he high fives Andre Gray gives him a pat on the bum says go on son you go and win it for us but there's none of that there is absolutely none of that this is a team um, you know people talk about Burnley quite rightly greater than the sum of their, their parts for whatever reason this is a team less than the sum of their parts. And, and that, for me, encapsulated it. There's no, come on, let go on, go on, Andre, go and win it for us. And I'm not, it's, it, not, that's not against Gerard Delefeu, but I, would, I think this, anyone would have been the same. And that's, you need, when a team is in a 
dire, dire situation like this. We've said it before. It doesn't matter how the ball goes in, off your backside, off your whatever. But that only happens if you're giving it absolutely everything. As Jason said, where is the kitchen sink? And... <laughs> There isn't a kitchen sink under under Kiko. Oh, we were calling this in the kitchen. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very close to throwing that kitchen sink at the... Uh, but, you know, and, and that's the way... That, there isn't a kitchen sink. It's, it's sort of like a very scientific, very exact... We'll defend and we'll hit them on the break. And that's it. But if it, that doesn't work, there's nothing else. There was no... You know, Foster was up there at the end for a... <laughs> But see, as Jason said, they should have been. It should have been like the Alamo, but it just isn't because there isn't. There isn't the belief. There isn't the. It hasn't been drilled into them to do it. I don't know what it is, um, but you know, I'm t- kind of too depressed, angry, upset to worry about the, the tactics of it. But that in a microcosm for me, that substitution. Get yourself off. Give your give your fresh legs a, a high five and a cuddle and say, "Go on, go on." It's not there, is it? No. And this team. You know, it's, it, it is still too soon. I mean, it's seven points off safety. It's it's not loads, but it's almost double what the points we've got already. So, you know, everything I've just said. Then how does how does this team make up seven points and then main, and then stretch away? Uh, the answer is, I don't think they do. Jason, earlier on, Mike was sort of going on about the uh, how should we say it the the blame game that we've we've talked about many a time in the last well basically since social media started uh, as as football fans. Um, if the oh what how do you what do you, how do you call it the, the 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 crowd's feeling that a managerial change is going to happen, which we might have to gather tomorrow and do an emergency podcast. Depends what happens. Um, what is it? Do you think that is going to be the the downfall of Kike? Do you think it is tactical? Do you think it is he hasn't changed the mentality? Do you think it is he just hasn't worked in many ways? <laughs> I think you're right. He hasn't worked in many ways, and I think it's a combination of the lot. He came in to a, a, a team lacking confidence. That is his job to improve that confidence to give the guys confidence clearly he hasn't done that and the tactics don't help either I I think I've said it before where we've got we've got some decent attacking talent we've talked about the fact we're lacking in a striker but the we've got the players to create chances and make things happen and when we're conceding goals with the regularity that we are now again, having had a, a brief spell of keeping clean sheets. The attacking players are thinking, in fact, the rest of the team are probably looking around thinking, well, we're not going to win this now because we know we can't score goals. And when we do, we might get one if we're lucky. And that, and that's just the way we play, the players we've got, it all just sort of, yeah, snowballs into a, a massive... Malay. ball of, of yeah of, uh, of what's the word I'm looking for you can do it without swearing Malay. Jason yeah I, I, I just, just yeah just it's just you can just see these things coming you, you could see it tonight it was the way the second half started you just felt it was going to end in defeat I think when it comes to Kike it, it's pretty simple the results since you've come in have been diabolical absolutely diabolical there's no there's no getting away with it the, the away win against Norwich who are probably on a par with us in terms of you know they, they were pathetic um, but the rest of the results have been have been dire yes they've been um, sort of vague um, 
uh, hints at a more organised side, that's absolutely fine. I can organise my bank account, but it doesn't mean there's any more money in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, it, and it's just the results have been pathetic. There's just been, there's been no, and you can, you know, Manchester City away, Watford, you know, you, we're not yeah. going to get anything there. You can, you can discount that. Um, and we, we've tried to sort of make the most of those home points against um, against Bournemouth and Sheffield United. And actually, when we got that win against Norwich, they, they actually meant something. And the, the, the point against Tottenham, they actually meant something. But if you don't build on it, then it's, there's no point. It, could he have built on it, though? No, With no. all the injuries, there was no way he could have built on it, surely. But could he have done, do you think... Okay, you are absolutely right. There was no slap on the arse to Andre Gray as Delafe went off. And you're right, that's, that's the... Now you've, that's, you're exactly right. That, that for me is it. There's no sort of camaraderie. There's no sort of proper team to it all. He could have done a bit better with that. Or could he? Well, look at, I mean, just look at that first goal tonight. It, 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 his tactics, we are defending in numbers. There are five players roundings when he hits the ball once and then hits it again to put it in the back of the net from a yard out. And, and that to me is yeah, why... Mike talks about the, or the lack of enthusiasm of Delafeo coming off the pitch. What about just a little bit of enthusiasm from one of those five defenders to have some desire yeah. to try and get that ball ahead of Ings? That's all it would have taken yeah. to have not conceded at that I point. I absolutely don't want to make this about Gerard Delafeo. That's no, 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 but that, it, it, that it's, it's that moment. And, and, and Jason's right. You, know, you look at the chances that Saar had when he broke. The defender was the right side every time because they'd busted a gut to get the right side and work hard and make life difficult for the make life difficult for for the striker as Jason said when that ball comes in if there's going to you're all going to be defending there stand in the line on the line <laughs> once he gets once he gets to the byline do it get where you need to be to block it um, and it's I mean the whole thing is just it's not laughable because it's just so dreadfully disappointing. And I'll go back to Geordie's quote on, on WhatsApp. We got to the, the, the land of milk and honey and we're, and we're blowing it. And, and we absolutely are. And I think the players, have to take, um, the players have to take responsibility. The head coach has to take responsibility. You know, at the top of the podcast, there's everyone blaming everyone. Yeah. Um, and the hierarchy have to take some responsibility, which, which they always do, ultimately, because they're the ones that make the decisions and they know that that the decisions lie on, on their shoulders. I understand why Kike was brought back. We were in dire, dire straits and we are, well, we're in worse situation now. What Simply Red rather than dire straits? <laughs> God, Simply Red are much worse than dire straits. Goodness gracious. Um, so I, I get it, but it's, I spoke to uh, 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 Adrian Clark on TalkSport 2 this morning. He said, would this go down as one of the worst managerial appointments in Watford's history? And, I don't know about that. A quick answer is no, Dave Bassett. Well, <laughs> but this is, you know, this is ultimately probably going to end with us crushing out of the top division as well. So I don't think it's quite in that, that, that bracket yet. I understand why this gamble was taken, but it looks increasingly like a very, very poor decision. And with, with the results we've had and the, and the performances are irrelevant, then the style of football for me is completely irrelevant. Sort of Jason listed all the things that that lead to this big malaise, this big ball of uh, horribleness. And, it's, and, I, and I kind of think it's less than that. The results aren't good enough. And if we sneak a 1-0 win against Burnley and it goes in off someone's elbow, if we just would hang out for a 1-0 win tonight somehow and the football's appalling, personally, I don't care. 
because we're in a situation where all that matters are getting points on the board, getting this season done and dusted and somehow staying up. So the style of football shouldn't contribute to um, con- to his downfall. But I think the, his, the style of football has contributed to the results, like tonight. I just think there's no attacking intent. Colin spoke, I can't remember which game after it was, but Colin was incredibly passionate about how he felt that it was Chelsea, wasn't it? How he felt that the players were having to almost break rank to, to attack, which... I don't think I don't necessarily agree that's the case, but the, the proof of the pudding in the eating, isn't it? This team cannot attack with any any sort of any sort of purpose, or and certainly without any in product. But, but some purpose would be nice. So, for, I mean, I think, and again, I always you know I always regret sometimes tweeting immediately after the final whistle, and I, I often reflect on what I've said on the podcast after the final whistle. I think. Kike Sanchez Flores' position is completely untenable. He's not going to be around next year regardless now. So we either need someone who's going to somehow keep us in the division or someone who's going to build something for the next couple of years. Kike Sanchez Flores isn't, this, isn't that man. We're as good as down, basically. Forget the points, forget who we need to be. If we just do this, if we just do that, the performances say it all. The body language says it all. The football says it all. We are, as it stands, relegated. Something needs to happen. And unfortunately for Kike Sanchez Flores, lovely bloke, as we all know, he's going to be collateral damage. His position is untenable. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Jordy's been with us. Uh, no, uh, you've just rushed in watching the television. I don't rush anywhere, John. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are long gone. Uh, yeah, they were just showing the build-up to the to the equaliser, the, the way the guy touched it with his hand. Now, in, and we didn't see it because when you watch it on TV, you, you only see the angle they show it at. But I don't understand how VAR works. I, you know, I really don't because there's only there's not many things you can rule a, a goal out for. And you'd almost expect there to be like a checklist. Almost like if you do any kind of health and safety thing and you want to make sure you want to sign it off. Has, is he offside? Did he touch it? Was there a foul? Was there a handball? And it's, you can tick them off real quick. But they, they failed to see it against Newcastle and they failed to see it today. And this isn't why we're going down. Okay, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Be, let's be very clear. There are, the, the reasons we're going down exist within WD18. Okay, they are, we are going down through our own fault. And as I said the other day on, on Twitter, it's difficult to get relegated. Okay, Southampton were there for the taking. Norwich were there for the taking. We've seen some pretty abject teams at Rickridge Road walk away with three points. So we're going down for our own, off our own bat. We've, we've successfully achieved relegation on our own. <laughs> through appointments, through failure to reinforce the squad, as we've spoken about. I mean, I, everything I'm saying now, you've probably been talking about for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and people have been talking about for the past two or three seasons. So that's not a problem. But it is bizarre because we were we, when it came up 20 minutes after the goal when we were like, well, you know, it's taken ages to see it. But what are they watching at Stockley Park? Mm. If, you know, if they say, look, he didn't mean to handball it, but that's not the rule anymore. And we, you know, if anyone's going to get a handball against us, Southampton deserve it because De Cure's De Cure Maradona. You know, he got us a point when a point didn't matter yeah. or a win, whatever it was we got in the last minute at home last season or whenever it was. So fine, it happens. But if if that had been a normal game any other season, you'd say, well, it's hard to see. But if you've got someone whose sole job is to look for infringements, you know, a foul, was who's pushing who, six or one, half a dozen, that can be difficult. Did it hit his hand or not? And unless the guy is a magician and has somehow, through his mind, made the ball deviate from where it was going, 
then it's hit his hand. And I don't see how they can't see it. And it's it's not the reason we, we lost no. and it's not the reason we're going down. But you just kind of think, well, what is the point of it? Yeah, well, that, that's not, we're not the first people to talk about that. Leicester, though, in the week, Geordie, our first ever internet stream game. Sorry, legally internet stream game uh, on Amazon Prime. Um, can you see anything changing between now and Wednesday? A goal difference. Uh, what can change? Well, my age will change because my, my birthday on Wednesday. So just, 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 just if I thought I couldn't get any more depressed about losing to Southampton in a game that was there to be taken and that we were winning in and that we wouldn't have won had we been losing at home to Southampton again, a game that we've, we've thrown away again through a multitude of, um, of, of failures. Do I see anything changing? Um, we may change the manager um, because that's all we can change. We can't change any of the, we can't bring players in. Uh, we can't, we can't, we can't change what's gone. We can't get players fitter. We can't get players fitter. We can't suddenly make the players friends with each other. I mean, you know, we, Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham didn't speak to each other because of the way one treated another uh, substitution. I don't know how how much Andre's going to be talking to Jerry tomorrow. The manager might go, but again, what we expected to happen. I, I didn't think that Harvey should have gone when he went. I wasn't. I was surprised when we got Kike back. You know, but the Potsos and and Scott and stuff had got enough credit in the bank if you like to kind of give them a chance but I think it's um, we've, we've turned a, a drama into a crisis with our approach to the, our bad start to the season and, and linked it arguably unnecessarily to the end of last season which was again had anomaly because we had the uh, well we always are crap at the end of the season but the players had their eye on the cup and we weren't really bothered about losing and a lot of the games a couple of the games were Liverpool and you know teams you'd expect to lose to anyway we put those two together got rid of Javi and didn't seem to have a plan and you know, f- f- uh, was it um, fail to prepare? Did they say? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and you know, we you know, I heard you guys talking about you know Dave Bassett, but from what Taylor had to to Bassett, it yeah. t- it took it took three years from a cup final team to get dismantled to relegation. We've done it in in, <laughs> in, in, well, in less than six months. Six months? Yeah, six months. Yeah. And you know, May May to November. Yeah, six months. So we'll see what happens uh, live on Amazon Prime uh, on Wednesday, uh, Watford away at Leicester. Um, Thank you very much uh, for listening to the podcast. Uh, We were going to do a chatty bit now, uh, but we're not because we're not in the mood uh, about the the, the, most favourite player uh, of the decade. We might get to that one next week. Uh, But uh, it is uh, another loss. We are still uh, at the bottom of the league uh, and we will see what happens in the coming days, weeks maybe minutes or seconds, uh, with, uh, with things that are going on with Watford. Do not spend your Sunday refreshing Twitter just to see if there's a statement or not. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Uh, have a good, fun Sunday. Uh, and, uh, and we hope not to be back for an emergency podcast uh, this soon. It's been Saturday night. I've been John. Thank you much to Jason. Good evening. Thank you much to Geordie. Cheers. And thank you, Michael. Oh, come on, yours. Well, at least the kids are here and they're having a great time, but only them. Come on, yours. Come on, yours.